0: getting new clients but i firmly believe that it wasn't about the money mm. it wasn't about the money it, if it was about the money then i wouldn't have kept going yeah at that point in time like it would have been cr- clearly obvious um, and was great. Welcome
1: back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple crater the show where we bring on young, successful, six, seven, and eight figure online entrepreneurs. Today, we have somebody on the show who I have looked up to for a very long time. I've been consuming this guy's content for probably close to two years now. So it was really cool to sit down and talk with Jeff Rose about his journey through blogging and how he has been able to create and sell over a million dollar blog really, really good stuff. If you're looking to uh, do any kind of content marketing, whether it's blogging, YouTube, podcast, this is going to be a very valuable episode for you. And if you know Jeff Rose, um, you know that he brings the value. This guy cuts right to the chase. He's got a lot of very valuable insights that he's going to share with you in this interview when it comes to creating a content marketing business, scaling that, and actually uh, distancing yourself from the business so that you don't have to be involved in the day-to-day operations. Jeff is somebody who is who is pretty hands-off in his business for it being as large as it is, and he, he's been able to grow it to a very substantial place. So if that's something you're interested in, in really growing an online business, a sustainable and scalable online business, this is the episode for you. So whether you're out there walking the dog, you're at the gym, you are driving to work wherever you are listening to this show, from right now. I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Jeff Rose. Jeff, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. I'm not sure why I'm on this though, because I know you're young. I don't know if I still count as young, <laughs> maybe young at heart, but thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Jeff, I know our listeners heard a little bit about you in our intro, but for those of them that aren't as familiar with you and what you do, could you give us a quick like 60 seconds as to what Jeff Rose is up to right now, and then we're going to dive deeper into your story and how you got there.
0: Yeah, it's so fun to answer that question right now because what (laughs) Jeff Rose is into right now is YouTube and creating online courses uh, and working as least as I possibly can and just hanging out with my kids and my family Uh, and that's it and that's, that's what I do right now. That's what I'm excited about.
1: I love it. I love it. So I'm excited to dive into that. So Jeff, I always like to start off with where our guests were at a young age. So um, I like to start with school in particular. So flashing back to school, maybe middle school, high school, were you um, at all entrepreneurial? Were you somebody who took school very seriously? What was that looking like for you at that age?
0: No, no, and no. (laughs) I was a scrawny little boy that had no idea what he wanted to do with his life. Um, my dad always offered me money to mow the lawn. I would just say, eh, no, I'm good. Um, I didn't have any chores. I didn't really have any responsibilities as a kid. The only thing I did like was baseball cards. Uh, I don't think I ever made any money from the baseball cards. I definitely spent a lot of money on baseball cards and that was all from an allowance that my mom would give me. Uh, no, I, I had no entrepreneurial vision and really just because of my upbringing, like my, my parents really weren't entrepreneurs and they really weren't good with managing money at all. So I didn't have a lot of that uh, exposure as a kid. So no, I was just a kid who liked to play video games. uh, And that's about it.
1: That's very interesting. So did you decide to go to college? Uh, Was that something that was that was really like the norm in your family? Or what did that what did that experience look like for you?
0: Yeah, so uh, my, my dad actually was the only, uh, out of my parents and grandparents, the only one to graduate from college. Wow. The, uh, the catch was he didn't graduate from college until he was 55 years old. Uh, so he was actually a college dropout, and something that he always wanted for me was not to do that, you know, was to go to college. So I graduated high school, was going to go to college, and then I did what he didn't want me to do. I dropped out. I uh, didn't go to college for a semester and really got into a bad place of, um, just really got into some drugs and just uh, working a dead end job and just really hating life. And really was at the point where I had to like, I had to do something different. Uh, the one thing that my dad did do when he, uh, after he dropped out of high school or dropped out of college, I mean, was he joined the army. And I was just at a place where I just was going nowhere. So I ended up joining the army national guard. Uh, I was actually living in California at the time and joined the Army National Guard. And that was definitely like the kick in the butt that I needed uh, just to get my life on track. So after that, graduated college and then started a career as a financial advisor, which I did not mention at all in that 60-second intro. <laughs> that you asked, had me answer earlier. But yeah, so like that was my, my college journey was initially dropping out. I had to join the military to get my butt back in gear.
1: How long were you in the military
0: for? Um, I was in the Army National Guard for nine years. Uh, typically, you only have to do six if you want to get your college for free. But then I re up for another three. And then in that three-year re-enlistment, I was deployed to Iraq for 17 months back in 2005, which is forever ago. But uh, yeah, my <laughs> so for those that don't know, Army National Guard is, you know, you're the weekend warrior. Like you do one weekend drill a month, you do two weeks in the summer. And like, that's just kind of the joke. Well. Yeah, you can also get deployed, which I did. So I was gone, as I mentioned, for 17 months. Uh, Jeez. So that was uh, definitely, it's one of those experiences that I I, I wouldn't want to do it again. And I, know I have several buddies that have deployed more than once and God bless them. But one was good. You know, I, I, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, but I definitely wouldn't do it again. But I am grateful for what it did. And Just for me, just through, oh, man, just to be able to exist and uh, just persevering through, through some pretty tough times. So anyway. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, so talk to me about becoming a financial advisor because I really um that's actually the track that I'm on right now to graduate and become a CFP. so talk to me about that transition for you and why you decided to go down that route. Was that when you got to college? was that what you thought you were going to study, or where did you get to there?
0: Yeah, so you know I did my undergrad and still like I knew it was business related and it really wasn't until like my junior year when I had to kind of more specialize and end up going to my dad you know who as I mentioned, wasn't great with finances, but I still felt the need to ask him what he, what he thought I should major in. And he, I was thinking accounting and one of the best things that my dad ever told me was, you know, have you ever met an accountant with a good personality? And I really didn't quite get it, but I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, yeah, I haven't. So I would suggest (laughs) finance. So, I did finance. I uh, didn't really know what that meant until, actually, I don't, know, I don't know if I still know what that means other than just like crunching numbers. <laughs> but to answer your question as far as like being a financial advisor, it really wasn't until between my junior and senior year of college when I'm looking at my resume and I'm like, okay, I've got the military and I, that's it. Like, I've got nothing else really on my resume. So, I was able to get an internship at a local investment firm uh, in our college town, which was, and that was kind of what gave me the introduction to. Being a financial advisor, even though during that internship, I had no idea what that, that even meant, but still, I got my foot in the door and got a chance to talk with other brokers. And uh, that's why I ended up getting me a job right after I graduated.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So uh, you're at this position. You're now a financial, well, you're working in the financial advising industry. Um, talk to me about starting your blog because um, I know early on you were somebody who was blogging before blogging was cool and before people knew that you could actually make money blogging. So talking about that transition and how you got exposed to the world of blogging.
0: Yeah. And um, so, which if you don't, you'll quickly find this out if you're going down that path. So I had what was, I was like your traditional financial advisor, stockbroker at a series seven license. Okay which can be very restrictive in how you market yourself online. Hmm. But uh, the company that I started with ended up being bought out by a a bigger, um, bigger uh, investment firm, which is now Wells Fargo. And that gave me the opportunity actually to leave Hmm. uh, that company I started with. And I went what they call independent. uh, And then when I went independent, um, so I could kind of market myself just a little bit differently. Okay. And that's when I started reading some, uh, trade magazines. And I just remember reading an article talking about, uh, you know, if really you really want to stand out from every other advisor that exists out there, like you need to start a blog. And I remember I read that article. I'm like, yes, like that's what I'm going to do. Like I was pumped. I was, I was excited. I was jazzed. And then I quickly realized like, I don't know what a blog is. <laughs> uh, so then I just started doing some research and talked to some other, a few other advisors. I mean, cause at that time there literally was like a handful of those that were blogging in the country. Yeah. And I just reached out to them and they shared some pretty cool stories, uh, really cool success stories of landing some really good clients just because they were publishing a blog like once every few weeks and just got me really excited to, to learn it. Uh, and I just, man, like when I get really excited about something, like I want to know every anything and everything about it. Uh, So that, like, if you stop me in the street and were asking me, "Hey, what what can you tell me about blogging?" I'm going to tell you everything that you want (laughs) to know and everything that you don't want to know. I'm that guy. But I just became obsessed with it, and because I, when I truly understood the reach and the potential uh, that I could have. And just by publishing a blog post, um, I just got really excited about it. Uh, So I started a blog and that just led down this fun journey of, and at that time, like, you know, obviously if I don't know what blogging is, I don't know that you can make money from blogging. Yeah. Uh, And just by meeting some other bloggers online and then starting to understand like, oh wow, you can actually make money on the side, you know, with this. So then I just started monetizing it and that's when it grew into what it is today.
1: Awesome. So, like, your primary purpose starting off was to get more clients into your financial services business. Yeah, it was. It was marketing, and
0: there. I will say this: I, I, there was this pride thing, just this enjoyment of, because starting my career as a financial advisor, I just ran into so many older couples that hadn't invested nearly enough. They had all these regrets, you know, of not starting sooner. They didn't understand compounding interest, and I had a bunch of friends that were the younger version of them. And, you know, then also then me seeing like my dad and my mom and seeing where they were at with their finances. And all of a sudden it just kind of hit me all at once. Like, I don't want to be these people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can make small changes today. that will have a huge impact on, on my life later on. And once I finally understood that, it almost became like this personal mission of mine to just get as many people as I could to start investing and just start taking charge of their finances. Uh, So it was to get new clients, but also like underneath that though, like was this just mission, this personal mission just to educate as many people as I could, you know, just to start investing for themselves
1: absolutely absolutely and that that's got to be one of the bigger drivers is like you want to be able to help people and, and being able to see that transformation and help people avoid that that fate that you saw so many people around you having where they're they're at this place where they're they're 50 they're 60 and they just don't have the funds that they need to retire comfortably um that's got to be that's got to be a huge huge driver yeah and like
0: that's why it's funny because people still ask me like how do you still talk about that stuff today and And for those that don't know, I mean, there's this guy named Dave Ramsey who's, you know, (laughs) York Times bestseller has a very popular radio show actually located uh, here in the Nashville area. And I mean, he, he's been saying the same thing for like two or three decades. Oh yeah. Um, But the reason is because people still need, still need to hear it for one and two, like that's, that's, he's still motivated to help people. And he recognizes that people are still in debt, People still aren't investing and, and that's like the same reason why I can still say the same thing I do, even though like I try to change it up every once in a while and, you know, come up with like a new idea or a new concept to kind of introduce, but basically saying the same thing, but just in a different way. Uh, but yeah, that's just why that's what keeps me going and why I can still say what I say
1: (laughs) Exactly. So when you were getting into the blogging space, you said you found some other bloggers that were doing some cool stuff and that really helped you out Did you have anyone that was sort of like a mentor figure to you in this space and that sort of took you under their wing And showed you what was up or was it really just mostly you on your own doing all this research learning it inside and out? What was that looking like?
0: Yeah. I won't say call it luck, but there, so before Facebook groups, you know, mm-hmm. there were forums, which I guess are still forums today, but <laughs> there was this personal finance blogger form that existed and somehow someone turned me onto it and I went in there uh, and this guy ended up just befriending me. And what kind of brought us together was he was in the air force and he was deployed the, the same year that I was. And I think I ended up, I linked to one of his blog posts and, you know, for those that don't know, like if you link to somebody, I don't think you'll do this, but you'll get like a track back, a notification basically like, oh, that, that blog or that site linked to me. So they kind of put me on his radar and he just ended up emailing me and connecting and we kind of went back and forth. And one day we finally just picked up or he actually picked up the phone and called me and we ended up talking. And it was like the first time I actually talked to somebody I met online, like in real <laughs> life. And it was, it was a little surreal. And I don't know if it was like the first call, but maybe the first, maybe the second call, we were just, just talking about like you know, his blogs. He had two blogs at the time and he shared like how much he was making from his sites in addition to working his full-time gig. And, and I'll never forget that day because I was driving somewhere. I think it was a client meeting and this is before you, you could drive and not I have to worry about hands-free driving, so just want to add that. Right there. <laughs> yeah. But he ended up sharing with me like how much he was making from his sites. And he shared he was making $40,000. And I just remember like almost driving off the road because it just it shocked me. But here's the thing, though. Like he wasn't making $40,000 a year from his sites. He was making $40,000 a month, you know, from his sites. And I'm like, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I need to learn more about this. Like I need to understand like how this works. Uh, so that that's where it really began the journey of just understanding all the different things I could do. But that was a time that I was still I still had a series seven license. I was still restricted on some of the things I could do. Uh, but I was able to implement Google AdSense on on the blog uh something, and just that little thing, you know, ended up producing I was well, it was almost like five grand one month uh just from Google AdSense. And I was like, all right, okay, there, there's something here. And I just thought, man, if I can do this with all these restrictions I have, you know, being, being stuck in this box of compliance, what happens when I'm outside the box? Uh, so that's when I started putting wheels in motion to drop my Series M license end up forming my own uh, registered investment advisory firm, which sounds really technical. <laughs> uh, and it kind of is, but basically the only, the, the, I went through all these, this, this trouble and hassle just so I could blog the way that I wanted to. Really? Just because I knew, I just firmly believed and had 100% faith like that this would turn into something bigger than I could even imagine. Mm. Um, and fast forward, oh, that was, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. It has. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, as as you were establishing this blog, talk to me about some of the Um, some of the ways that you were able to prioritize your time because you had this, this financial services business, you had this blog you're working on on the side. How were you able to, to balance your time or to decide what got priority when?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Going back in time here. (laughs) Um, So a few things, you know, that, that I had to my advantage. Um, When I went from being with this bigger firm to going independent Mm -hmm. what that also gave me was end up being more takeaway and take home income because I wasn't giving up a huge percentage to the bigger firms. Like that's one of the reasons why most advisors will go independent. You know, you become Mm -hmm. your own business now. So yes, you got to pay for all your overhead and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you end up keeping more, like if you do it right. And Mm -hmm. we ended up having, there was like five or six of us that came together uh, on this start this independent firm. We didn't share clients. We just shared expenses. Hmm. So when I'm splitting office space and electricity and internet, like with five other dudes, I mean, my overhead of was nothing. Uh, At the time I was living in Southern Illinois. So like cost of living was nothing. So in that first year of going independent, I have to remember income wise, but like when I left, I was making about 80 grand a year. And then with like a year and a half, I was making like 150K a year, I think, if I recall. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's just, and I didn't really change much. I didn't really grow much, uh, but it was just the fact I was keeping more. And I I just had, and actually I think, uh, so the timing of this, so the firm actually bought us out was Wachovia, which they don't exist anymore. (laughs) And like Wells Fargo had to like bail them out essentially. Uh, So what ended up happening was I left before all that happened. So it was just like talk about good timing. So a lot of people were trying to get away from Wachovia and here we are like the new independent, you know, we're not tied to any big bank. Um, So I I was able to get a lot of new clients that way with really out without really doing anything different because the blog really hadn't uh, taken traction yet. Hmm. Um, So basically, you know, I was making good money. Um, you know, my wife was able to quit her job, you know, shortly thereafter. And I just got to a point where I had to make a decision like, do I want to grow the financial planning practice or do I want to grow the blog? And the way that the way I had things set up with the financial planning practice, like it was growing on its own. Like once you get to a certain point, I mean, I've been in the business for almost six, seven years then. So I was getting referrals, you know, from existing clients, um, without really doing much. And then the blog started sending referrals. So it was, I, if i if i wish i could track my time back then <laughs> but i would probably guess that i was working 20 25 hours a week on the financial planning practice mm-hmm. but then also working 25 30 hours a week on the blog and and I, let's go ahead and define working a lot mm-hmm. of that was just like researching and just understanding seo and and writing blog posts because i used to write my blog post on my own before I, I could, I understood the concepts of delegating and outsourcing <laughs> all that stuff. So um, yeah, I just uh, invested a lot of time in the beginning and then just got better at delegating and outsourcing and joined a few coaching programs that kind of taught me how to do that. Um, and that's uh, yeah, I didn't do a really good job of at the beginning. So I, I <laughs> spent a lot of time invested a lot of time learning what I did.
1: That's fair. Was there ever a tipping point for you with the blog? Or was it a very gradual process over time that as you just learned more, diverted more energy, time, attention, resources into it, it was just growing over time? Or was there like one point in time where you're like, okay, this is this is a real thing. This is, this is bringing real money now.
0: Gosh, you know, I thought I had a tipping point. So I mentioned that I made, um, it was either five or just under $5,000 mm-hmm. from Google AdSense. And I was like, man, I'm on top of the world. You know, I'm <laughs> like, this is a, uh, this is supposed to be like a side thing, you know, and now it's going to you know, maybe potentially make $60,000 or more this year. And then it was just, uh, I think, two and a half months after that. Uh, Google has these algorithm updates. Uh, they've kind of changed the name. So I think back then, the very first one they ever had, the, the big one was called Google, the Google Panda update. So what that, what that meant for me was I had a site that was getting over 100,000 unique visitors per month, And within a flip of a switch, and I think it was April 11th, if I recall the date, uh, that I saw 75% of my traffic gone. Wow. Gone. And at that, I mean, so I quickly learned, you know, when that happens, you know, with Google, like they don't have like a customer support line. They don't have like a complaint desk. They don't have a toll-free number that you can call. (laughs) Like I had no idea, like I had a, a decent sense of maybe what had happened, uh, just basically putting too many ads on the blog, but like I really had no idea. Like they didn't send me an email say, hey, you know, if you, you, you're a violation of this, this and this, like make these changes and everything's good. Uh, so I went from making you know several thousand dollars a month to making like a couple hundred bucks. And that sucked. Uh, it took nine months just to get the traffic, back where I was before that happened. But even at that point, I was only making a couple thousand dollars a month. Uh, and I just had to ask myself, like, what, why did I start this thing? You know, yes, it was marketing, growing the practice, you know, like that was initially. Uh, but then I, just, I remember just the deeper mission behind it, you know, just, uh, just to inspire and encourage people to start investing. So that's when I just kind of like put my big boy pants back on and uh, soaked up my tears and just started blogging more. And then I actually started uh, the YouTube channel way back then. And uh, it took man, several years and the tipping point again for me. Well, I guess I didn't really have a tipping point. I thought I did. (laughs) The tipping point finally hit when I was able to find a strategic partner Mm. uh, that could fill in all the gaps of all the things that I didn't know how to do or the things I didn't want to do. Um, that was a little while though. It took me a few trial and error, you know, of of hiring different contractors to kind of help help out on the affiliate revenue side. Cause that was the side, like I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't, And what I mean by that is like, yeah, I like making money, obviously, but uh, just managing different affiliates and all the different changes that happens. And when one affiliate drops and it gets replaced by another, like this is all like the logistics stuff that just, and more like admin stuff that I just absolutely hate. So through trial and error, find a few people and test them out. It worked out for a little while then it didn't work. And then finally just got hooked up with a a really good partner that we've been together now for five years and it's it's been really good.
1: Wow. How'd you find that partner? How'd you guys connect? Um, online relationships. Mm. Uh,
0: he was actually referred to me by another guy that um, I had not met in person yet. We just had we'd worked together online. And uh, funny enough, he was referred to me because the guy, our mutual acquaintance said, Hey, you need to, because my partner was stressed out, working too much. Uh, had, I think two kids or three kids at the time. And he's like, man, I just, I just, I'm like, I'm burnt out. Like, and he said, like, man, you need to talk to Jeff Rose because you know, he's got three kids, we got four now. And all I know is like, he just takes a bunch of time off and he's making a lot of money. Like you need to talk to him. <laughs> so that, that, that was why he was originally referred to me and turns out that uh, my partner, he had a background in SEO, also had a background in insurance, uh, specifically the life insurance, which was a, a topic, a niche that I was just starting to add to the site. So and just end up being one of those match made in heaven, but really, going back to it, it all went down to strategic networking um, and just doing the right thing. You know, I just kind of worked with this guy, this other guy for a while. And just like I said, we never met in person, but just always did the right thing with him and built a good relationship with him. And he felt comfortable enough to refer this other guy to me and and ended up being a business partner that has made us uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and I'm grateful for
1: it. Mm, Those online friends. Yeah. Some amazing things with online friends. (laughs) Yeah, So, uh, Throughout this this process, it sounds like you were starting to incorporate other income streams like affiliate marketing, like YouTube. What what made you want to diversify away from Google AdWords? Was it like that one moment in time where you just lost like 75% of your Google traffic? or Or what made you start to think about diversifying those revenue streams?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just at that point in time, like... I had it, it built up an even bigger network of other personal finance bloggers. So like I knew that a majority of their income was through affiliates um, mm-hmm. and just having good affiliates, you know, as part of the, the income stream. So uh, just putting the focus on that and adding that and I'll, then I'll obviously trying to diversify uh, the different types of affiliates that you get, because at one point in time, man, we had one affiliate, like, yeah, we had one affiliate. It was uh it was I'll go ahead and say because they don't exist anymore. It was Scott Trade, hmm. And they're like a, a brokerage firm. They end up selling to somebody else. And that affiliate was making us between ten dollars or $15,000 a month. And then they sell. And now you just lost out on ten dollars to $15,000 a month. You know, that sucks. Hmm. So, you know, just recognizing that we had, an, had another affiliate, which is thankfully still one of ours. I mean, it was about $50,000 a month. And it represented, I think, about half of what we were making. So it's like crap, you know, it's like, man, if they were to cancel their affiliate program or, or, lower their payouts or they get bought out, like we just lost 50% of our income. So, um, it was one of those that we were always very diligent on just trying to figure out other ways that we could add different affiliates and also add additional content that would allow us to add
1: other affiliates as well. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you have, yeah, like all your eggs in one basket or half your eggs with one affiliate that, that has a lot of potential to, to have some serious consequences. Yeah,
0: it's no different. Like if you're a freelancer or a contractor, and you've got one client that's paying, you know, 70% of your light bill, like, yeah, it's great to have and you want to service
1: them. But you might want to add a few more <laughs> of those just in case. Absolutely. So uh, you've been blogging for a really long time. And you've been doing this online business thing for a really long time. Were there ever times where you you had doubts, or you felt like you weren't the person to be doing this? or Or you just weren't sure what to do next or if you were even on the right path. It, yeah. uh, if so, like what did, what did you do then? Man, the, the biggest,
0: as I previously mentioned, it was that, that Panda update. Mm. Um, I mean, and just to kind of give more, more context to that, I had been blogging for o- over two years, maybe even two and a half years. Wow. So imagine like I'm publishing on average three times per week you know, I've been investing 30 hours a week, trying to understand it, networking with other bloggers, writing content, you know, doing social media, like all these things, two and a half years. And all of a sudden, like you, you lose 70% of it. And it's like, what the hell? Like, what am I doing? Like, I just wasted two and a half years of my life to be to now making like $200 a month. Uh, wow. Um, like it, I go back in time. I'm like, why, why did I keep going? You know, like, why did I keep going? Like, you know, I'm just thinking if I, if I I was talking to my younger self and you tell me the story, I'm like, you got to do something else, buddy. Like you need to move (laughs) on. Like, this is what's called a pivot You know, do something else. Um, but yeah, like it was just, man, a lot of self doubt and a lot of guilt and shame and just so many different things. And it, and that's when, for me, once again, like, I just had to remind myself, like, I didn't start this. I mean, yes, it was about getting new clients, but I firmly believe that it wasn't about the money. Mm. It wasn't about the money. It, if it was about the money, then I wouldn't have kept going Yeah. at that point in time. Like, it would have been cr- clearly obvious. Um, and I was grateful I didn't need that money. Uh, so, like, it wasn't about that. Like, it was about a deeper a deeper mission that I had. So yeah, but man, I had so many, I, I took about two weeks off. I think if I recall, just trying to collect my thoughts and just kind of feeling sorry for myself. And, um, you know, just kind of asking myself, I mean, what, 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 why did you do this? Like, what was the motivation? What kept you going? Um, hmm. so when I was able to answer that, those questions to kind of answer like the deeper why behind it, um, that's why I, I just picked it back up and just kept going. Um, and just figure, and I didn't want to do the exact same thing. So I thought, well, we're talking about diversity, you know, how could I diversify not just uh, the income, but how could I diversify like the, the traffic that I was getting? Mm-hmm. So at the time, um, you know, going, we kind of mentioned this a little bit, but there was only, even at that point still, there was only, I'd say less than 10 certified financial planners that were blogging. I actually, I, I would go less than five. Wow. That you could That you could do a quick Google search and find. So I was still in, a, in the minority there. Uh, So then I went a little bit deeper and like, well, how many certified financial planners are there on YouTube, like doing consistent video content? And there was like maybe one or like zero. So I thought, okay, I I did that. That kind of worked until Google came and slapped me around. How (laughs) can I do something that's a little bit different? So that's why I really went into YouTube for a little while. And I've taken a few breaks over the years until I finally got back into about a year and a half ago.
1: Mm. And, And now you're sort of starting to pivot into this Wealth Hacker Labs brand. Can you talk a little bit about that transition?
0: Yeah. So it's been so the, my main blog is Good Financial Sense, which um it, even to this day, it's 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 like the most generic name. Um yeah. But the one when, and I, I've always hated, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, like financialsense.com was the, the domain I wanted. It was taken, so I had a good on front of it. <laughs> and so many people have said, like, oh, I really like that name. I'm like, really? I just I've never really liked it. <laughs> but um, the one thing I say that has worked really well is that it is such a a good generic name that it is an asset that if I want to sell, like it's not like I'm trying to sell Mm -hmm. jeffrose.com. Same thing like with Wealth Wealth Hacker and Wealth Hacker Labs. Um, So I I was transitioning. So did I ever say this? So I'm no longer a active financial advisor. Mm -hmm. I sold that business earlier this year. Um, is something that I became became clear to me that I was ready to move on to the next chapter. I just wasn't sure when that time was. So this has been a few-year process in the making. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my, my family and I, we moved to the Nashville, Tennessee area. And that was kind of like, that was the big step to, re, to get away proximity-wise from the financial planning practice. Hmm. Just to like, all right, let's see what happens if I focus purely on the online side of things. Uh, and at the time... The the online business was already making more. It was either making more or making just as much as the financial planning practice. So I mean, it was and it got to the point where the what used to be my main thing was now the distraction. So it was actually taking time away from the things that were uh, making making could make more money than I was currently making. So. Uh, And I'm totally rambling. I forgot what your question was. (laughs) There's
1: the transition into the the new brand. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the thought was, man, do I keep growing the good financial sense brand? But like going back, it just, it, it felt generic. And then thinking about what that mission was, it was, you know, yes to inspire people, but it was also a marketing tool to the financial planning practice. And I get so many people that contact me through that site because they know me as a financial planner. So I'm like, okay, that was but that was the previous life, right? Like what's, mm. what's the next life? And so the next chapter was this whole wealth hacker brand that I just been sitting on for, I'll be honest, like several years before I finally unleashed it. So that whole idea was, you know, right now I am, like I said, I'm, I don't know why you got me on the, on the show because you said <laughs> young, the young, the young, younger, young, young and show. Uh, I am now in my 40s. <sighs> Um, I'm a young 40 though. I can still ball with my boys and like, I play sports. I'm active. I'm actually doing boxing today at noon. So what's up? Uh, (laughs) stay active. That's also the military to me. But so I kind of went back and looked at my life. And uh, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a book that inspired me. Like it is a book that I still love to this day. And I know, you know, Kisaki's, oh, he filed bankruptcy, whatever. But the whole thing is like, it's the mindset shift. Mm Mm-hmm. And I started looking back at my, not just my own life, but other friends that I have that are millionaires or multi-millionaires, like in their 30s and in their 40s. And just looking back at my own life, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I could invest and do, you know, $200 a month into a mutual fund or an ETF inside a Roth IRA. And yes, like you will become a millionaire one day and even a multimillionaire one day. I had several clients that had reached that status. But the fact that I am... You know was a multimillionaire in my thirties wasn 't because of compounding interest and you know investing into a mutual fund or buying stocks it 's because I did something different, something unique, something that most people think is kind of weird, uh, and that 's what I, I went about hacking my wealth because I was doing what most people don 't want to do or are to, too scared to do. Mm-hmm. so this whole brand was just like me, I want to show people a different way. That they can grow their wealth, hack their wealth, and become wealthy—not later, but now. You know, like mm. I feel. I mean, I love Dave Ramsey' mission, and yeah, a lot of people aren't. They're just they, they can't handle that. You know, they—they they yeah. can't put themselves out there and they can't risk hundred you know, percent things, and they just they like to be comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's you know the 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 crazy ones out there like you and I that. <laughs> Our, we love that. Like we like to try new things. Like you know, anytime we don't fail, like we just keep learning and like, you know, just you, once you fall off the bike, you get up and keep going. But it's those people that if you truly want to, you know, become wealthy like in your thirties and forties or twenties, you know, and, and not in your sixties, like these are the things that you got to do. So um, a lot of it's just been sharing my story and just here recently, I've been sharing stories of other people you know, that have been able to achieve, you know, what most people would would say is wealthy but mm-hmm. it's so at a lot faster rate you know um the whole like 10x concept so yeah so that's what this is all about and a lot of it lives on YouTube at the moment uh you know we got the site that I don't really pub- It's funny enough I've been a blogger for 10 years and I think I've only published a few blog posts on uh <laughs> the site itself but uh, I, I just think uh, with video I just love YouTube I just love to be able to uh, just resonate with people um there will be a podcast coming out soon once I get my button gear but
1: exciting exciting yeah, exciting. yeah. <laughs> awesome awesome and and yeah i mean it's it's there's there's so many different ways to like achieve wealth and and it just depends on like what your timeline is and what actions you're willing to take and how much time and energy and attention you want to devote into this thing because like you said yeah you can you can invest into mutual funds for 40 years and as long as you do that consistently um you can get there someday but like what if you want to do it sooner like there's different actions that you have to take to get on that track Um, today versus 40 years from now
0: yeah and for those that are in the online space or you know have a business or entrepreneur space the common question you ask or you get asked you know when you're trying to create a product or create something like "Well, who's your avatar like who who are you targeting and my response is i am talking to the 20 year old jeff rose that has just read rich dad poor dad knows that there's something different out there but has no idea how to even go about it Mm. and like that's who I'm talking to I'm talking to the 20 year old version of me that wants to get going but don't waste your time with MLM sorry for those are MLM (laughs) you know basically how can I show you to do what I did but save you a decade or longer and get there even faster like that's that's who I'm targeting so kind of like I don't know if you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but kind of like you, you know, which, (laughs) but it sounds just like what brief conversation you and I have. I feel like you've taken a lot of this. You've connected with other people Mm -hmm. that get it. Yep. Um, And not that this is an excuse or anything, but I, back in my day, like we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have social media. And I lived in a small town, you know, with uh, 6,000 people that nobody got it. Mm. So it, it, I made the best of what I had, and now it's like, man, I can reach so many more people. You can reach more, more, more people. So you have that network of people that are big thinkers. You know, the I can't think of the Steve Jobs old Apple uh, commercial, <laughs> but you know, the big thinkers, the rebels, and all that. I mean, uh, the ones that want to be different. You know, dare yeah. to be different. You're going to have a lot, of, a lot of fun doing it.
1: So you mentioned earlier the term strategic networking, and I want you to dive a little bit deeper on that and how our listeners, you were talking to the younger listener just now, like how can they go out there and start building relationships with people who are in the places that they want to get to in order to learn from them, hear their experiences and really get a clearer picture on, on what they should be doing to get to the places that they want to get to.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me, before I tell you like what to do, let me tell you what not to do. Good call. Uh, and I still get, I just laugh. I get really, I'm saying I get annoyed, but yeah, sometimes I get annoyed. I actually just got uh, an, an email through my contact form today. And this person emails me and says, I want to know how to generate passive income the fastest way possible. Can you email or call me at your convenience? And I get so many requests like that. And it's just like, you, before you can build relationships, like you have to know how to serve others. Like you have to know how to put other people's needs before yours. So when you are totally reaching out to somebody that you have no relationship with, I mean, just imagine going three doors down from wherever you live, knocking on the door and asking that person, Hey, can I borrow $10,000? <laughs> like they don't know anything about you. Like they don't know you at all. Like what have you done for them? You know, like you've got to build that trust. You've got to build that rapport And I think one of the easiest, especially if it's like an online mentor, maybe it's like an author, maybe it's a YouTuber, uh, a podcaster. I mean, one of the best and easiest things that you can do, instead of emailing them and asking them for something, first, you could just email them and just say, hey, thank you. Thank you for the videos that you put out. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for this, this specific episode. Like, I really resonated with this. I just want to say, I really appreciate all the effort that you do. Like that's one thing that you can do. You can interact with them on social media, retweeting them or resharing them on Instagram, whatever that is. And so like you become known like, oh, there's that guy, there's that guy, there's our guy. Other thing that you can do is if they have any sort of product, anything, merchandise, a course, a book, something, buy it. (laughs) Buy it. Like you want to be mentored by them? So buy their stuff, buy their book, Like, buy their course, invest into that. Uh, And then after you buy it, Tell them how good it was, or maybe if it wasn't good, let them know, be honest, you know? And if you have a blog or if you have a blog, you can do a review about it. If you want to do a YouTube video or you can write it, just like little things like that. Like that's what builds relationship. That's what builds rapport with people that you want to connect with or mentor with. answer your question
1: yeah absolutely and i think that's really key like getting those repeat touch points so that when they see your name they know oh that's the guy who's been emailing me or oh that's the guy who um did a review video on my course and and being able to get those repeat because i mean i mean my dms are filled every day with people being like hey can you mentor me hey teach me how to do this hey can you do this for me and It's just, I I don't know. I just I just tune them out at some point because it's it's all the same. And like half the time, these people, I'll like I'll give them like fifteen minutes of my time, and they won't do anything with it. And I'm like, well, what did I just do that for? Like, I just gave you all this information. I gave you the tools, but you didn't you didn't take any action. So it's it's tough. And and like you said, like getting that financial investment. A lot of times, that's what's going to get people to actually take action. because a lot of, a lot of these guys, they're like, they're offering mentorship. They've created a course. They're teaching you what they know. Um, and if you're not willing to invest in that, then chances are, even if they told you exactly what to do, you're not going to do anything with it because you don't have any skin in the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. So what, um, how, how would you advise a a young person to to get started in in the content game? Because you're somebody who's created a lot of content over the last over a decade um, between blogging, YouTubing, um, and a bunch of different platforms. How would you advise somebody who who wants to get started starting an online business? They want to start making some content, but they don't really know what to do, where to do, or what we're about to talk about. What what would you tell this person?
0: Yeah, I think first you know just try to figure out like. What, what, what are some niches or what are some areas that you're excited about that you like about that you don't mind talking about? You know, when you talk about it, like, man, this is something you could talk about all day long and you're not going to get bored of it. Um, and it's okay if that topic changes. Like right now, maybe you're like in a, in a fitness mode. You know, you want to talk about the keto diet or um, whatever else is out there. I don't know. Like maybe you're <laughs> really big into CrossFit or uh, you're into boxing, whatever that is. Like, yeah, maybe that's where you start. Um, and then from there, it's like, you can decide if you want to pivot or not. You know, like I, I, yeah, I started with finance. I remember at one point in time I started a, it was like a financial dad blog. Hmm. I'm not really sure where I was going with that. Uh I didn't go anywhere with that. Like after a few months of doing this, I'm like, this is, I'm not, this sucks. I don't like this at all. Uh, I started a baby boomer blog because I thought, man, this is a good market. You know, like be more specific on that niche and with, uh, with the financial planning practice. But Became abundantly clear. Like, I don't be really talking about old people issues. So, <laughs> uh, so like, scrap that one. After a while, um, so I think that's just trying to figure out what you know what that is, and then it's also it's the type of content that you want to create um, for blogging. As I mentioned before, like I wrote everything, and I suck at writing. You know, not so much like I, I guess I would say I'm a decent writer, but for me to be a decent writer, like I have to use like so much of what's up here, and there's not a lot to give. So to like, to use all this brain juice that I have very limited supply on was just not a good use of my productivity. Uh, So there's been different variations of this, but the easier thing for me was just to talk it out. Hmm. Just like you could use your phone, use a voice recorder and just talk out, maybe sharing a story, sharing experience and then have like an editor like reb.com or use Fiverr I'm sure to edit it or you could find a, a college a kid who's an English major may want to edit like on their, on their spare time, free time makes a little extra money. But it was, I I did the math pretty quickly. And I kid you not, like it would take me about four hours to write like one, 1,000 word blog post. Wow. (laughs) Like, and I'm not exaggerating. Whereas I could take 10 to 15 minutes, talk it out forward that transcription or yeah, to an editor and they would finish it. And I'd be done in the 15 minutes uh, uh. that it took me to talk, and I can talk all day long. Like that doesn't take <laughs> any green juice, and I could typically do that when I was driving or on the elliptical or whatever, you know, out for a walk. Uh, so, like things like that, where once you finally understand, like what what your as what um, I mentioned, I was a coaching program. So there's a coaching program called uh, Strategic Coach, and the founder, his name is Dan Sullivan. I got had to mention that because he really talks about what is your unique ability and discovering what that is. Mm. And all that is, is it's it's basically your God given talent that allows you to excel at the things that you do that you just love to do. And the whole idea behind that is how do you stay in your realm of your unique ability every single day? You know, Mm. so it's just being, being very mindful. Like if there's something that you know you need to do, something that you have to do, but you haven't done it, and you keep procrastinating on it, then that's something that, chances are like that is not part of your, your unique ability. So anytime I'm procrastinating on something, I'm like, oh crap, okay. How do I get that done by outsourcing that or delegating it to somebody else? And like, that's just usually my little red flag where I can quickly see, okay, I, I need to figure out a way Well, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so once you've kind of figured that out and you might not know that today, and if you don't know, you could just ask some friends, family members, like, Hey, like when you think about and people that you trust, you know, mm-hmm. maybe if you don't really trust them or you don't want to hear the honest truth, but you know, like, what are some things that about me, some skills, some characteristics that you think are good qualities, you know, that I have? Uh, that was actually an exercise we had to do at the beginning of this coaching program was send a letter out to some people that we trusted just to get some feedback um on some things so if you got some trusted friends and you can just kind of start there and or i mean if you kind of know like oh yeah i I like doing that i like doing that Uh, i mean and it could be if you like playing video games okay so maybe you start streaming you're playing you know and watch other streamers see how they do i mean that could be a thing um whatever you'll you'll just got to start somewhere right
1: okay so now that now that a listener say they have their unique ability, they've they've honed in on something that they're good at, that they're really passionate about. How do you personally go about setting goals to help yourself further um, along that path and help you help yourself move closer to the place that you want to be? Now that you, now you know what you're good at.
0: Yeah, the one thing I, I used to always struggle with goals was I did it the New Year's resolution kind of way. You know, mm. end of year reflection, new year goals, and. The, the funny thing was I, I did actually publish those as blog posts um, back in the day. Hmm. So it was kind of fun to see, wow, that was my goal. Like what, what the, who, where'd that come from? Um, and it, it wasn't really until this coaching program that I joined. So, you know, it, they're all about goals, but the one thing they made you do at the beginning was not just focus on your like your one year goals, but they wanted you to focus on your one year goals your three-year goals, your lifetime goals, then also your ninety-day goals. Um, but typically, they had you start at what was your—I can't remember if we started lifetime. I think it was our three-year goals first, mm-hmm. and, and that was such a such a different exercise for me because mm-hmm. you, most of us we don't think. I mean, even thinking a year out is a lot for many people. Yeah. Right? So having to think about three years out—that um, took some time to really. Get, go out that way. So I just man, like, where do I want to be in three years? Um, and that's just something that I do. You know, I'll revisit every six months or so, and just to see, like, what are my three-year goals? Um, what are so then we just kind of work backwards, right? So if I know I want to do this in three years, then what are my one-year goals? You know, and how do those coordinate with the three-year goals? And then then my ninety-day goals, and then my one-month goals, and my weekly goals. Um, and that that is something that. Whenever I was in the program, I did that every 90 days. So every 90 days wow. I was looking at it. So I will, I will admit that I've got a little less frequent looking at that, <laughs> but it is still something like um, I'm trying to think. I have a mastermind group, a mastermind group that I started this year. And that was something that we, we all did together, hmm. you know, just looking at uh, the three-year goals. And it's funny because I remember at the time, like one of my three-year goals was uh, selling a financial planning practice and no longer being an advisor. You know, wow. it was like, it's, it's kind of cool, like to see that because I remember when I first wrote that down, I thought, man, how is this ever going to happen? Like, I, I can't, I just couldn't envision what that looked like. I mean, I knew that's what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there, but just one step here, one thing here, one thing here. And it finally just led it's like, wow, that was a goal that that finally happened. So, mm. uh, but the other thing is just that, but the whole, the big reason behind that is you're reviewing them on a consistent basis you know, they're in your face, they look at it. And I use like different planners. Like this is the one I, I always kind of default back to this one, the uh, productivity planner. Um, these are the same people that make the five minute journal and I've tried a few others. I've tried Grant Cardone's I've got, um, what's his name? Um, Brandon Machard. He's got his oh, new yeah. planner out that I, there's, and there's different things I like and don't like about each of them, but this is the one I always go back to. Um, and the only reason I really like it is because it's one of the few ones that just allows you to list out what are your weekly goals, Like, what's your goals this week? Hmm. And like, I don't know why none of them do that, but like this is the one <laughs> that has that one page dedicated for that. Um, so I just love doing that so I can always look like on Thursday I can look back on, man, what am I, what was my main mission this week? You know, that I get that done. Uh, so yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, Jeff, I have some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. You've been dropping a lot of value so far. Are you feeling ready for those?
0: Drop away.
1: Let's do it. All right. The first thing I'm curious about is what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of entrepreneurship, financial planning, whatever you want it to be.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I was and still really excited about YouTube and just seeing the channel grow uh, and just seeing where that can, that can continue to grow. Um, I finally have some courses that I'm I'm creating on the back end just to kind of be one of those internet marketing guys uh, <laughs> to have the course. But I mean, that being said, like I'm excited on going back to why I started the blog and really mm. encouraging people. And like the, the content now that I'm creating is once again, trying to show the 20 year old version of me, how to become me at a much younger age. Uh, so those are things I'm really excited about.
1: I love it. What habits do you have that have served you particularly well? These could be business habits or just lifestyle habits, but anything that you do on a regular basis to help you level up.
0: Yeah, I think uh, after reading uh, how Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning and just really implementing morning habits um, into my life, because prior to that, I would roll out of bed at seven o'clock every morning. The only reason I would wake up because I, I could hear my wife in the shower. Uh, and now today was like an unusual morning, but like I was up at four thirty this morning, um, read, two different books, did my five minute journal. Um, so like, just get those things out of the way. I didn't do the morning workout because I went to read because I'm going to do boxing at noon. But um, typically, you know, it's praying, it's meditating, reading the affirmations, reviewing the goals, um, just all these things. And just doing that every single day um, mm. is just, I mean, oh, okay, do I do it every single day? <laughs> no, we, like over the weekend, we had late baseball Saturday, had an early game on, on Sunday. So no, I didn't do it that morning. So I don't want to be one of those guys to say, oh, I do it every single day. Uh, There are some exceptions, but I would tell you, like when I don't do them, I can tell, like I can Mm. tell that something's off. So it's quickly easy to go back to that, like, man, I need that routine back. And it's just those simple things, you know, just identifying things I'm grateful for, reviewing my big goals for the the day and the week and the months and the quarters and uh, just getting back in that mindset.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know you're producing a lot of content. Are you consuming any content right now? Any podcasts, blogs? Uh, You said you read two books. This morning, um, what are you reading?
0: Yeah, um, so I'm i I do Audible in the car, um, okay. and I started doing more uh, fiction books like mm. in the car. So right now, I just finished Ready Player One, which I was I loved the movie. hadn't and I heard the book was so much better than the movie. Uh, it is like the book is amazing. So I finished that one pretty quick. So what was recommended next was The Ender's Game.
1: Oh, I love that series
0: so much. Yeah, um, I, I, it took a little while to get into it just because like, I just came off Ready Player One, I think. But like now I'm like, oh yeah, I just got, I just, I'm now, now I'm hooked. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking on my Kindle now as I can't think of the name. Um, I'm in another men's mentorship group and the book that we're reading in that is John Maxwell. John Maxwell's Today Matters. Hmm. Uh, so that was a book that I was reading this morning. And then on my drive, I was listening to uh, Ender's Game
1: nice i dig it i dig it yeah you gotta gotta wind in fiction there every once in a while and get to get the brain stimulated get some cool yeah. ideas rolling around yeah um what do you do i'm always curious about what my guests do that that isn't inherently scalable or that like has that personal like jeff rose touch so just a quick example of something i do is every day i'll pull out my phone and i'll send like five to ten video dms on instagram to just new followers being like hey thanks for the follow my name's apple um if there's anything that i can do for you let me know have a wonderful day just something really simple like that introducing myself Um, but i say their name in it it's not something that i want to mass produce um, is there anything that comes to mind for you in your business that you do that isn't like super scalable and doesn't have that um, replicability um, and has that personal Jeff Rose touch?
0: Yeah, very, very similar to, uh, to what you do. So anytime somebody bought uh, a course of mine, mm-hmm. um, I would always send them a video message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I use uh, an app called, well, it's a, it is an app, but also software. It's called BombBomb. Okay. And the only reason I use it because it automatically syncs into Gmail, so I could just click a button, record a video, and it's included in the email. But anytime anybody bought something of of mine, a course, um, it was always, "Hey, what's up, Mark? See that you bought my course. Really appreciate that." And you know, just saying that, very similar to what you do. I mean, it's not scalable, but in this day and age, personal touch is something that people just don't do anymore. Yeah. When you, it's I don't know if you how many responses you get back, but every time I do it, it's like I always get the Oh my gosh! I I I thought it was a a pre-recorded video,
1: and then like I heard my
0: name, and I realized, wow, you actually took the time to send me a, a video message. Um, yeah, th- those little those personal touches are huge.
1: Yep, it's it's all about doing the things that nobody else is willing to do, because yeah. that's how you get the results that nobody else gets. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeff, you've been dropping so much value on our listeners. Where can they go if they want to follow up with you? Follow up with Wealth Hacker Labs. Um, let us know where they should check you out at and follow up with you at.
0: Yeah, YouTube for sure. Um, Wealth Hacker on there, or you can search Jeff Rose. Um active on Twitter, becoming more active on Instagram, just because I think you told me and my wife told me <laughs> to so. Uh Twitter and uh, Instagram handles are J Jeff Rose. There's two J's that don't have a stuttering problem. Um, <laughs> Jay Jeff Rose on Twitter and Instagram and Wealth Hacker on YouTube.
1: Awesome. And I'll be sure to link up all of those in the show notes below. Jeff, thank you so much for your time and spending it here on Young Smart Money. Do you have any last parting thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners today?
0: Yeah, no, no excuses about anything. I mean, if you want to make change, like you got to do something, you got to take action and just figure out what is the next step that you need to take. Uh, We're not talking five years from now, 10 years from now. What's the one step that you can do today and just make sure you take action on it?
1: Mm, 100% words of wisdom. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes, and if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one, and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.